When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. forward right away because mark's down there i i i just see the i what is it that hang live 10 live. is it like that's a hang right. 10 though isn't that like the hang 10 sign we call that the shaka that's the shaka shaka Hawaii, and it's the symbol of the uh the world's uh newest global peace movement that we call the live and let live movement I love it. I love it. I love it. Sounds right in line with Yum Life, which is finding the umami in your life. So right. umami and uh, shaka shaka. I like it. Love so it. Mark, where are you? Where are we? Where are you coming from? Where are you at right now? Where are you speaking to us? As I sit here, I'm in uh, Chandler, Arizona. I've uh, lived here um, probably half of my life. I'm originally from the Boston area. Didn't want to shovel snow anymore, which I'm sure Lisa's dealing with over there. And uh, Minneapolis. And yeah. so I moved out to Arizona. Absolutely love it. Arizona has been great for me. I've got a law firm here called the Attorneys for Freedom Law Firm. And we've opened up a branch in Honolulu, which is where I will be off to on Tuesday morning. So very difficult duty, but uh, somebody's got to do it. So I got to spend a lot of time in, in uh, Hawaii uh, every single month. I oh still hear goodness. a slight Massachusetts accent in you. I, I know. Like, I was going to say, you don't sound Arizona born and raised. Yeah. I went to grad school in Massachusetts, so I love wow, the area. Awesome. Where in Mount, where, where, what university? I was in Western Mass, so Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, be right outside of Boston. Mm -hmm. About an hour and a half. Kind of. Okay. Outside enough. Mm -hmm. Outside-ish. So, Mark, so law firm and Shaka Shaka. Yeah. Wouldn't really put two and two together normally, would we? But I love the combo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You wouldn't put that together. That's because, uh, you know, peace requires us to separate our personal views a little bit from things. Uh, where we're at in the world right now is um, most people have ideas about how they should live and how other people should live. And so they're wrestling with each other to put those ideas into the law to force them on other people. Now, some of these are good ideas. I agree with many of them, but we're not gonna ever get to peace unless and until we can sort of pull back from that position and say, you know what? Everybody's got a right to live and let live, right? What, what makes you happy might be different than what makes me happy and it's okay. And, and so, if we're truly happy, does it really matter? Yeah, that's right. I mean, pursuing our own happiness, you get to define what makes you happy and you get to pursue your happiness any way that's peaceful, that doesn't interfere with anyone else's right to do exactly the same thing. So, um, you know, I've always been a pro-freedom uh, type of a guy, I've always recognized the rights of other people to run their own lives. Um, but, you know, for about maybe close to 30 years now, I've been sitting and scratching my head and saying, why isn't this freedom message um, you know, more sort of 
uh, replete throughout the world. Why doesn't this make sense to everybody? And I think it's because we don't do a very good job explaining the differences between a legal rule and a moral rule. They're both very important, but they're both very different kinds of things, right? If you're in the legal rule box, well, that's the kind of rule that if you violate, something's going to happen to you. You get a consequence. consequence. Yes, well, a specific consequence that's a tangible one that's written because we all every choice has a consequence You're right absolutely right about that so i like to explain that as a formal societal consequence things formal like jail uh prison fines that stuff that's what violating a legal rule is about a moral rule which is also very important we need yeah. to talk about this uh, if you violate one of those, there absolutely are consequences, but they're different variety of consequences. They're more social consequences. People might not want to do business with you. They might shun you. They might not want to be friends with you. And we need to talk about both of them, but we need to keep them separate so we can take our own personal morality out of the law. I know everybody wants to put their morality into the law. But the reality is we don't all agree on morality and it's okay. We can chart a course here that makes sense. So the live and let live movement is now, it's not even launched yet. And already uh, the movement is in over 20 countries with over 30 active chapters around the world. And we're launching in March of 2023. People can find out about it by going to liveandletlive.org. If you want to be part of the solution, that's where you should go. Okay, so I'm going to wind you back just a little bit because I know that you know what Live and Let Live is and yeah. we're kind of getting a taste of it. However, how did Live and Let, let's, let's learn a little bit more about you. I'm always like, all right, let's like, like let's get like down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. So first of all, do you have a family, kids, married? Like let's get there and then hear the story about how you got into law and then what is Let and Let Live? Like what is it actually? I understand the concept of, freedom and one's personal perspective and showing up in that way with morals and values. But so let's, let's back it up. Tell us the journey. Yes. Okay, well, I'm yeah. very happily married to the world's most wonderful woman. I definitely married up. Um, she's a cardiologist and she actually was born in a third world country in Burma and has uh, taken that uh, and brought that to one of the really most well-known cardiologists in the entire Southwest here. And she inspires me every day. One of her favorite phrases that I've adopted is uh, anytime, almost anytime I, I've got some kind of a problem on my mind, she reminds me, hey, Mark, that's a first world problem. And, and we're very privileged <laughs> to have first world problems. And so this is, gives me the proper perspective. And she's also gotten me more into meditation. She's a Buddhist. And I've become more acquainted with some of the Buddhist philosophy, much of which I embrace. Um, and so uh, I've got three awesome kids. They all were raised with sort of freedom ideas and uh, important values in life. They all understand and respect the rights of other people to run their lives. And they're all uh, no surprise because they hold the right values. They're all very successful. Uh, two of them are college graduates. One of them's going to law school. The other one's still working on a college degree. They're all employed, all great people. And I'm, I'm super proud of my very favorite job, which is being a dad. Yeah. Uh, Yay. Job. See, yes. now I feel like I got a taste of like the real taste of. Yes. Mom. Yes. Being a parent is probably my favorite conversation. I'm a criminal defense lawyer and I can tell you, I can't count the numbers of times 
where I've started my discussion at sentencing by saying, you know what, judge, I had a great mommy. I bet you had a great mommy. Let me tell you about my client's mommy. And then you know where it goes from there. Because this is any criminal defense lawyer will tell you or prosecutor or judge for that matter will tell you, we got a pretty good idea who's in the criminal justice system. Uh, not, not in all cases, but in the vast majority of cases, there's certainly patterns and parenting is absolutely critical. We, this isn't something the government can fix. We got to fix this. Yeah, we got to first take charge of our own lives, right? We got to say, look, I'm in charge of me. I'm the unapologetic, iron-fisted dictator of my body, my property, my money, my time, my mind, what I believe. Let me take charge of that. I'll decide how I react to what happens in the world. And then I'll teach that to other people as best as I can. I'll offload those values. And when I make a mistake, which will certainly happen because I'm a, I'm very very an imperfect type of a person. I do my best. I strive we for say that we're flawed around here. Absolutely. First world problems. And you know, we're just a little flawed. I'm not happy about it. I wish everything I did was perfect. Dude, you're human. You're human. Make peace with your flaws. <laughs> I, I recognize that. And I've come to embrace um, when I'm wrong about something because I say, wow, awesome chance to be corrected, change course, uh, take a more correct position going forward. So that's a little bit about me and um, what I'm about. And so I've always been interested in trying to leave the world a better place than I found it. And to be fair about this, the world is pretty damn good right now, notwithstanding all the problems. You know what? Can you just say that again? I say it loudly and proudly. Say it. Say it. I'm going to say it like this. There has never been a better time to be alive on the planet than right this second. I don't care what color your skin is, whether you're male or female, who you love. If you had an opportunity to live at a different time, you wouldn't take it unless you could in a future time because there's good reason to believe that the future will be even better. I'm interested in trying to hasten that change. Yeah. The good things that are happening Stop, in the shut world. Up. It's your East Coast attitude. Come yeah. on, let's move it along a little. <laughs> yeah, let's get this going, right? We can, I mean, we still got poor people in the world and we got lots of problems. We can fix this stuff. We're on the right track. You know, there's a wonderful book called Enlightenment Now, written by Professor Steven Pinker, uh, that talks about how the Enlightenment has really improved things around the planet by almost everything we care about. Poverty, education, violence, uh, access to food. Everything is getting better. Sure, the rich are getting richer, but so are the poor. But what does rich really mean, Mark? Mark, what is that's a, that's a first And that's a first world concept. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you, rich is the, the definition that we, when we hear the words when we hear the word rich is a first world definition of rich Absolutely. because I have traveled all over the world and I'm going to tell you rich has nothing to do with dead presidents on paper. Yeah. We want to improve people's standard of living. Right. Yeah. And so of course money and wealth is a part of this. I don't want to say money is meaningless. It's not meaningless. Well, no, I didn't say that, but it isn't the definition of rich. I, I agree with you. So it's very important though. And I don't want to, skim over that we got to improve standards of living which means we got to we got to improve trade people got to trade more trade is win-win but what's most important and there are many things more important than money freedom is one of those things right 
I can tell you the people who come in to see me who are at risk of losing their freedom, money isn't on their mind. Freedom is what they care about. Health is also more important yes. than money. So is your personal integrity. Could you imagine being rich and feeling horrible about who you are as a person? And then, right. of course, relationships with other people, which is why we push very hard in the Live and Let Live movement, this idea of building high levels of trust with other human beings. Mm. We know that the good relationships we have with others, those are the ones with the high levels of trust and the bad it's ones are the interesting ones. Interesting that that you speak on trust because it's been coming up a lot specifically this week with a lot of people that I've been speaking with this idea of trust and how first we have to learn to trust ourselves before we can trust others and you can see someone who does not trust themselves because you know they they don't have the integrity or they start to lie even just a little bit and and that is so prevalent in our world right now, this living authentically and learning how to truly trust ourselves. Yeah, one of my Lisa, that and I think that that's really the foundation of living rich. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of my very favorite books, maybe my favorite book ever written, is a book very popular. You both heard of it, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People yeah, by Stephen Covey. I'm a big believer in that. Nobody works for me at my law firm without reading that book. We shut down mm. at least once or twice every year, and we spend all day talking about the seven habits. Um, my staff would say we spend all day, Mark, blabbing about the seven habits, but I just can't stop talking about them. And as you know, the first three habits really deal with yourself, right? Yeah. You got to get yourself independent, away from dependence, before you can be interdependent with other people. So if you can't get yourself squared away, you can't really talk about re good relationships with other people and changing the world and these kinds of things. But I think that um, we should, none of us should spend every waking moment on improving the world. We got other things that we got to do, right? We're parents, we're friends, we're, uh, we, have, we have all kinds of other obligations. But to the extent that you have some time to try to improve the world and everybody should carve out some time to do something in this realm. I think that Live and Let Live is the best project. I'm spending 100% of my time on it. There really isn't any global peace movement. And this blew me away when I first researched it. There really isn't a global peace movement right now in the world. And so we decided to start this global peace movement based on the right principles and I will tell you there's a legal principle and a moral principle. I, I first always talk about the moral principle because I think it's very important. But what, okay, what's wait, Mark, Mark, Mark. I just so if you were to give me a tagline of what live and let live is, so we understand the moral and the legal. So so I understand it's a global peace movement. How 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 is it showing up in the world? Like I know that it's in 20 countries. I'm just trying to understand it for me. And I feel like once I get it, sometimes I'm a tough, like, sometimes I'm like, just like, I need to like, I'll ask questions only because yes. I'm not grasping it. So, so how did it come about? So you, so you're a criminal lawyer. I like recognize to say criminal, criminal defense lawyer, but sorry, criminal defense lawyer. Say criminal lawyer. It depends. I don't really <laughs> well, know much I, about the industry. So I've in terms, spent, I've spent about almost 30 years now thinking about the law. And okay. I had an opportunity to go back through it all. After about 25 years of practicing law, I wanted to get admitted in Hawaii. And in Hawaii, you got to take the bar exam again. So after 25 years of practice, 
I had the really awesome opportunity of studying all of American jurisprudence in virtually every area. And it gave me a very good opportunity to think deeply about our laws. What are good, what's good about it? What's bad about it? What needs to be changed? And I've also been thinking, you know, somebody who's very interested in freedom and peace. And it occurred to me that really our main problem here is that what we do is we try to put our own personal views into the law. What you might say our moral views or our ethical views. Now, many of these I agree with, but the problem is when you do this, we're in an endless fight like this um, about who's going to impose their moral views on others through the law. For example, there are people in the world who think that a, a woman outside without a headscarf on is a huge problem and a moral problem, and they want to put that rule into the law. Now, there, there are a couple ways I can deal with this. One way I can deal with this is say, sorry, my morality is better than your morality. Mine goes in the law, yours doesn't. Okay, I don't think this is a good approach because this is going to end up like this forever. And that's where we are now. We're all fighting to get control of the law, to force other people to live in ways that we think they should live. The other option is to say to this person, look, I'm not making any judgment about your morality here. Maybe we could talk about it. But for the sake of freedom and peace, all of us have agreed to pull our morality and our ethical views out of the law. Now, to be fair about it, even the rule against murder is based on a moral principle, right? So any judgments we make here actually are moral ideals. But there are basic sort of common denominator type ideas across all moral views. And I would describe this as don't be an aggressor. Somebody who initiates force against another person or fraud or coercion or somebody who does something to put another person in danger Virtually all moral codes say, you know what, we agree that you shouldn't be able to do. And, and our position in the Live and Let Live movement is that's where we draw the line. That's basically where you interfere with another person. So what we want to do is calibrate all of the laws of the world to be in harmony with what we call our moral principle, which we describe as simply don't be an aggressor. And so if you're aggressing, this should always be illegal. If you're not aggressing, well, you might be doing something that we find personally offensive or immoral or unwise or unhealthy or something like that, but it shouldn't be illegal. But that doesn't mean we can't say things about ethical views or moral views. In fact, we in the Live and Let Live movement have some suggestions about how people should run their lives. You're completely free to disregard them. We call our moral principle, we describe it with the phrase, just simply be a good human. Now, most people have a pretty good idea what this means. If you had a decent parent, you should have some concept, but we break it down by what we call the aspirational values. I'll lay them out for you. Things like open-mindedness, try to be open-minded on all issues at all times, be available to be influenced and change your views if you're wrong about something. Tolerance towards other people. People live differently, they have other views, some are religious, some aren't. Some eat healthy, some don't, whatever. Let's be tolerant towards other people. Voluntary kindness. We want to encourage people to be kind towards other people, but in a voluntary way. Forced charity isn't kindness at all. We want real kindness, the kind that you don't have to engage in that you do because it's the right thing. I think We think civility towards other people is important. Even if we disagree, we should do so in an agreeable way. 
Let's not call each other names and be at each other's throats. Let's act like the adults in the room. Also, justice is an important concept. Very critically, especially in today's world, we are, we are committed to truth. Whatever the truth is, wherever, whatever direction the truth and the facts send us, that's where we want to go. And we're, in, we're interested in rational thought, rational inferences from those truths that we find. And also, as I said earlier, building high levels of trust with other human beings. We care about this stuff because in the moral realm, our goals are to optimize human happiness and well-being and to minimize suffering. So that's our moral principle. And so we act with the moral principle to inspire people, not to force them. In fact, we make the very important point that you are absolutely entitled to live um, in a closed-minded, intolerant, unkind, uncivilized type of a way if you choose. We don't recommend it. But we would defend your right to act that way so long as you don't violate the legal principle and you're not an aggressor. If you're not an aggressor, that's all the law can ask for you. But we are trying to inspire people to act in ways consistent with the values we just laid out. If we can rally around those ideas, we actually could get to peace while still celebrating differences between other people. So that was a lot. I get the gist. <laughs> so let's just say, well, that sounds cool, right? That sounds like something I would want to be involved in, right? So how does one become involved? Is it something that you work with through organizations? Is it is it a, a, an organization that's for the public to join? Individuals can say, hey, this is something I want to do. Do we start, does somebody start, um, I don't know, a sector or a division in their community? Like, I'm just trying to like dissect to see. How do we exactly embody it? Right. How do we take this mm -hmm. concept and grow with it and help this whole vibe grow? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome questions. The first thing I like to tell people is own the message. Understand what it is we're saying, how it works. Second thing we tell people is live the message. Don't just talk about being a good human, actually live the message. And so if you're doing both of those things, we say join the movement, which means go to liveandletlive.org. Check the box that says, yes, I agree with this legal principle, this moral principle. I want to be a member of Live and Let Live. What so we're you become a member. Okay, we're getting there. I'm understanding. Become a member. So become a member. And what does that entail? It's free to become a member. You check the box. Give us your email address and your name so we can stay in touch with you. The main goal of virtually what should be any movement is to win hearts and minds. When we have enough people, we'll have enough clout to get things done. And it's growing right now around the world. For the person who wants to do more, we say start a chapter. This is very a chapter, important. That's what I meant. Yeah. Start a chapter of, and we, like I said, we have over 30 chapters right now around the world, which basically means, look, run a meeting once a month, invite people to a chapter meeting. We show up. I, I appeared in Nigeria not too long ago. I appeared in Poland not too long ago. They're running their own meetings. Portugal has a very active group of over 200 people in their chapter. So Start a chapter. That's another thing people can do. Become a leader. We haven't identified yet the founders of the Live and Let Live movement. We're waiting for people to step up and say, you know what? I want to make this thing my movement. I love it. I yeah. think it's great. You know, we started, we, we, so my umbrella company, I have a flip your script coaching program and I'm the founder of the whole program, but Yum Life Ventures is the umbrella company. And Yum Life is all about growing a life you love and loving yourself in it, right? Finding that umami, that sweet spot. 
but so our first Yum Life destination is here in Wikiwachi. We bought an old rundown motel and turned it into this incredible everyday retreat where people come. And the one, the one rule we have is be kind, right? It's all about breeding and growing kindness. So I love this concept so much that I'd love to have a conversation with you outside of here and see about starting a chapter right here at Manatee Landing Retreat in Wikiwachi because yeah. everybody that comes and stays with us, we've had over in one year, we have over 1,800 families that are now connected to us. Yeah, what and we're saying is we want the reasonable people of the world to get together around this sort of idea that- Well, we there you go. I'm offering a place for people to start a chapter right here in Florida. And if you would like to come, I'm inviting you. Awesome. And I could learn more. We can, we can embody that concept because we're already doing it. And I like the fact that there's a little legal element, that there's some changes that can be made. There's you know, down the line. So, yeah, the concept is we want you look, the world is getting in some ways more dangerous, too, because technology is now enabling smaller groups of people to do larger amounts of harm. We have lots of serious threats coming up that we got to get our brains around and, and deal with things like synthetic biology, things like artificial intelligence. We still have nukes all over the world. I mean, this horrible situation going on right now in the Ukraine. We're all standing watching because Russia has nukes and we got to deal with this problem because small numbers of people could now destroy the world. So what we're trying to do is win hearts and minds by getting what we call the reasonable people of the world to come together around this concept that we just call, look, live and let live. They're both very important ideas, right? Live your life. And I just want to put a little plug in. We're, we have many, many life coach type people involved in Live and Let Live. And we've decided we may very well form a Live and Let Live life coaching project. So where people come in and they get trained on how to, you guys may want to be a part of this. It, could, it seems like it's right up both of your alley after I heard you talking, you could be part of this where we're teaching people to live the message, to live the live their lives and live the Live and Let Live message. And so... Um, we're also a 501c3. People can donate. Obviously, money's important to get the message out. I've written with the help of a Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals judge, a new constitutional amendment that we think would really rock the house as the movement grows. We're planning to run people for political office. I am running for the United States Senate in Arizona. I'm working to get on the ballot right now. And if people ask me, Mark, what are you for? I'm for live and let live. Everything I do, I'm going to use every inch of discretion and power that I have to affect the laws of the world, to be in harmony with the live and let live principle. And I want to inspire people to adopt the live and let live moral principle, right? To live these values of being a good human, everything I can possibly do. That's what I would do as a United States senator. And the goal here is to have people all over the world running as live and let live men and women and whatever party they're in, it doesn't matter. We're all pushing the same kind of an idea because we really have got to get together. I don't want to say we're running out of time, but I worry about the future. If we don't get, if the reasonable people of the world can't get a handle on. Okay. The I have to ask you, Mark, and this might be a little bit um, charged. What do you mean when you say the reasonable people? What I mean is, to me, reasonable people say, you know what, aggression is wrong, okay? And, and, I, and I can defend this by saying what reason means is you are, you, your tool is conversation, not force, okay? 
And so that's exactly what we're pushing in the law. They, the place, the only place to disagree with the message that we're putting out is to say, look, I like aggression. I want to aggress against other people for this reason or that reason, because we're always against aggression in all cases, whether the aggression comes from an individual, a group, a corporation or a government. Nobody should aggress against anybody for any reason at all. I don't aggress against anybody in my life. I don't think either of you needs to do that, nor should we accept this from a corporation, any group or a government. I get that. So let's get back to inspiration because that's what we're on. I'm all about flipping the script. So let's focus on what we do want. So when you say that you that this group is designed and created to inspire individuals to recognize that really being a kind human being to yourself first then emanates out into the world and that's how change starts. How how in your organization do you would do you inspire? Like how would I how would somebody be inspired to be part of this movement? Aside from the fact that yes, you have very good the morals are in, intact and the philosophy and the concept behind it is definitely something that I would want to water and fertilize and cultivate in my life in the world that I live. But when you say inspire people, so where so how does that inspiration come about? Well, I think first we're, we're looking for people who have this sort of an itch, if you will, to try to improve the world, right? Not just crab about it and be upset about things, but have some desire to say, you know what? At the end of my life, I want to look back and say, I did something while I was here to try to improve the world, leave it better than I found it. Those are the people we're looking for. And then we inspire them really with the moral principle. We lead with this principle. And now we're talking about it in terms of bring out the best new version of you. I bring out a new version of Mark Victor all the time. I try to improve myself all the time. We inspire other people to do exactly the same thing. And so like I said, we have a lot of life coach type people in this, and we're really trying to get people to say, you know what, not only should I be the best possible human I can be, but I want to also inspire other people to be the best humans they can do. And in terms of the law, I'm not going to try to use the law to force my views on other people. The only thing I'm trying to do with the law is to say, look, you got to live and let live. You got to let other, you shouldn't aggress against other people. That's what it means. When you aggress against another person, you're taking control of their body or property or money or time. What we're saying is you shouldn't do that through the law. If you want to get other people to change, you've got to inspire them to change. You've got to bring the right value. Like being the change yeah. that you want to see in the world. This is what we mean by live the message. We say, look, don't just quack about being a good human. Go out and do something to be a good human. So we're envisioning live and let live charities, right? Because there are things that are charitable in the law that we want to take out of the law, but we still want to get it done. We don't want to get it done through forcing anybody to be charitable. We want to inspire people to be charitable. We want to increase the economy so people can live better standards of living. So they have more disposable income to help those who are less fortunate. There are less fortunate people in the world and we should help them. What we shouldn't do is force other people to help them. We should inspire other people to help them. If we can pare the law down to the basic idea that what I say all reasonable people should agree on because reasonable people don't initiate force against other people. They don't aggress. They try to convince them with reason, with conversation. That's what we're trying to do. So the place to disagree with us is to say, no, I'm an aggressor. I have things I want to accomplish and I'm willing to take your money or to force you to get involved to do it. We say, 
we may, while we may agree with the goals, we don't agree with the means of forcing other people to do things they right. don't want to do. Yeah. So what brought you to the Blue Talks? I'm just curious. I mean, well, you I have a hu huge vision, lots going on. I understand that, you know, there's a message that you have, but personally, what inspired you? Like what, what, what attracted you to Blue Talks? I was very fortunate to meet Corey. Um, we were both part of a different group called the C-Suite Network, which is another awesome group of people. And so I met Corey there and we got to talking and I can't speak for him, but I can speak for me. Love the guy the second I met him. From the smile on his face when you meet the guy, which is infectious, to everything he said, I think we clicked immediately. And he said, you know what, Mark, I do this thing called Blue Talks, and I'd love to have you involved. And I said, you know what, this is the kind of guy I want to be involved with. Still trying to convince him to do a chapter up in Canada. We've got already a, one or two chapters in Canada, but he's exactly the kind of person we want to attract to the movement. So he invited me to get involved with Blue Talks. And uh, this also seems like a wonderful group of people. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the kinds of people who really can move the world forward to inspire them on this basic idea of the legal principle and a much more expansive idea of the moral principle, right? Bring your own spin to it. The, the values I put out there is what we lawyers call a non-exhaustive list. That's not everything. There are other things to talk about that, like you say, be kind, right? Uh, be, be, be kind to yourself. Trust yourself. Okay, I didn't specifically say that, but that absolutely is included in being a good human. You should I think it starts there. Per yeah. I mean, my personal opinion is we show up in the world from the inside out. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I agree. Circling, circling back, Mark, to what you're saying about now is the perfect time to be alive is because we have movements like this, like Live and Let Live, that are formulating and taking off in the world. And I know a couple other movements that are similar. They have a, a similar type of vibe of like healing yourself first so you can be of service to the world to bring peace, to bring love, to raise the consciousness of our entire community and that is what it being present here today in this lifetime is about and where we're heading so that's why it's so important to join movements like this and, mm -hmm. and to support them because this is where we're going as a collective yeah we need to get together i mean look the humans who lived before us did a better job advancing advancing the law, advancing sort of morality. They've got us to a point where we live pretty comfortable. We live better than the richest kings lived just a few hundred years ago. We can now really expand things. We've got technology that's never existed before. Look at how we can speak like this from different parts of the country without any problem at Absolutely. all. I released a, a podcast that we're doing called The Peace Radicals today with a, a, a fellow in India we had a conversation with. And so, look, it's the best time right now to start a new movement because in my lifetime, this moment right now, we've never seen a moment where people on the right and on the left are all frustrated, right? Whether you're an R or you're a D, you're probably pretty cranky with how things are going. People can't talk to each other. The world is dr adrift right now. And so this is a perfect time to come out with something new. People sometimes are negative. They say, oh, Mark, the world is in such a horrible spot. And I say, yes, but it's a perfect time to launch a new global peace movement. This is the time where people are most interested in something new, 
Let's present them with something new, something based on the right principles, the right values. Let's attract good quality people to this movement and actually try to get it done in our new community, which is the globe. That's our new community, whether you like it or not. Look, what we just learned from the coronavirus is somebody in China did something that affected the whole world. So you can just say, look, I don't want to be a globalist. I only care about my community. But this isn't living in reality today. Our community is now the entire planet. Because well, and maybe it's timely because really humans are humans and what humans country we live in and what yes. language we speak and, and, and what traditions we have really at the root of who we are as humans, we have the same Absolutely. love, right? Absolutely. We all are looking for love. We're all looking to love ourselves. Yeah. Another very important point I really would like to make is our movement is we like to call it post-racial. We don't care about the color of your skin. We don't care who you love. We don't care if you're rich or poor, male or female, where you were born, what foods you eat, if you're religious or non-religious. We see everybody as brothers and sisters. We need to unite around our common humanity. Because as you say, you know, the more you travel around the world and the more you meet people, yeah, the differences are interesting. But what you find is how common. similar, how Absolutely. similar we are. Yes, we're very, very similar. We need to get over all these ridiculous ideas about first, what color is your skin? And now we go from there. We don't care about that. We focus on content of character. We want our movement to be the shining example of getting past all this stuff because we can't get past it until we actually get past it. So in our movement, we don't care about what package you come in. We care about what's on the inside. That's what we're pushing. I love it. Listen, Mark, so we're coming to a little bit towards the end of this amazing interview. I want to thank you for everything that you're doing. It's amazing. And I think creating, once you start movements like this, you're creating opportunities for people to have new experiences as well. And experiences are what teach, right? An experience and an opportunity to have a conversation with somebody on the other side of the world, where maybe you're living in in, in a, a more secluded area and hadn't had the opportunity to have these conversations. So it opens up so much more for an individual, it's expansive. And so I commend you on on, on on the efforts that you're putting forth because it takes effort. I know. Well, I, I don't want to anything. Take, I certainly don't want to take all the credit here. Well, I you wanna... don't have to. I'm just giving you the credit for showing up and being the voice. Okay. You can you can share that credit with whoever you want to share the credit with. But I do want to ask you something because this is really important and I think that you're going to leave us with a really good one. So I do ask all of our guests to leave us with a mind seed. And a mind seed is a neutral intention. Some a seed. So we have thought weeds and mind seeds. Thought weeds are what we would call, you know, being very judgmental and having very fixed way of thinking, and you know those kind of things that you mentioned earlier. So when you pull a thought weed, sometimes we leave a space, and we're so focused on the things that we don't want that we have lost sight of what we really do want to see and what we do want to have grow in our lives. So a mind seed is maybe a thought or a perspective that you could share with our with our audience and our viewers now and the ones that are going to be watching the replay as well, that when they really want to start to flip their script, they could plant this new perspective as a seed of thought because the seeds of thought we sow do grow. So I'd love for you to share a mind seed with us. I'm on it. So okay. you said my favorite word twice, the word perspective. Mm -hmm. I think the concept of perspective is the most important concept that you can possibly get because 
People should understand you actually are in charge of your perspective. Mm-hmm. This notion that, like my wife says, you we have first world problems, right? So we get caught up in our problems and we get all this, oh, my, my Lexus is broken or something like that. When you have the right perspective, if you recognize that you're in charge of your own perspective, the fact that your Lexus is broken, you say, look, I'm not worried about my kid getting enough drinking water today. The, the fact that my Lexus is broken, I'm very privileged to have such a problem. So I would encourage people to take charge of themselves. If you don't take charge of yourself, you shouldn't be talking about freedom from external sources because you're the cause of your own problems. We all are, if you read the book, Viktor Frankl wrote a great book, Man's Search for Meaning here, where he took charge of his own perspective, his own attitude while in Auschwitz during Nazi Germany's control. If he can do that there, we can do that here right now. Take charge of your own attitude about who you are and what you're about. You are 100% in charge of how you react to everything happening out in the world. I love it. Yeah, You are in charge of how you show up or how you react or respond. That's a perfect mindset because, because really it's actually, it's nice to know that really we're in charge of our own lives. It's much, it's even though it's harder and more difficult in some areas, it is a lot easier than trying to change someone else. And it's not sustainable, right? I mean, actually true. In fact, I encourage people to meditate. If you don't meditate, if you meditate, you can actually see some of this. You actually can see thoughts coming through and you know what? I'm going to select this attitude going forward. I'm going to choose to be happy on Friday. And we celebrate happy Monday, happy Tuesday. This is how I open every single court session. Everybody else says, good morning, your honor. I start with happy Tuesday, judge. And people look at me like, what's this guy so happy about? I'm happy to be alive. Oh, I love that so much. I, I love hearing your message. And you know, how can people learn more about live and let live? Super easy, Lisa. We're working on a really world-class website right now. It should be up in about a month or two. But for the moment, we have a temporary website up. Just go to liveandletlive.org. You can always get in touch with me through that. My direct email is my law firm email, which is just Mark, M-A-R-C, at attorneysforfreedom.com. All spelled out, attorneys and then F-O-R freedom.com. If you really want to be more involved in this, in this huge effort, and I want to let you know, this isn't something we're doing for the fun of it. This is a very serious, very committed group of people that are intent on change. We're hell bent actually on changing the world and getting us on the right track. We're not going to stop until this happens. I get be- that vibe, Mark. I definitely get that vibe. If you, you, wanna- if, if, you've, if you, if your intention was to get that across, you have, you've, you nailed it. You stuck the landing. We're very serious about it. This isn't something we're just goofing off. If you, if you're serious about helping to be part of the solution instead of just complaining about the problem, check out Live and Let Live. If you like what you see there contact me, start a chapter, donate money, get a cool t-shirt. There's lots of things you can do. I'd love to hear from you. Don't just sit around idly and wish the world was better. Do what you can do to actually make it better. 
Listen, Mark, so we we share this interview um, on many platforms. Blue Talks Flip Your Script Experience group on Facebook is the main is the main platform. However, YouTube, LinkedIn, reach out to Corey because he's actually in the back back of the house sharing this right now. And in the comments where we're sharing this interview, please leave your contact information because people who are watching now, like I didn't even remember all of what you just said, but and then people who come back from the re and watch the replay when they scroll in the comments your contact information will be there i'll do it for sure awesome so appreciate you mark This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.